It's one principle. The Lord's talking to us. The last message that I preached from this pulpit was about kingdom authority. And even when I preached it, I felt like it was something God was wanting to deal with us more about. In my absence, I heard so many wonderful reports of the services that we had. And one of the things, Pastor Anthony Bailey that was here, didn't even intend to preach on kingdom authority, but the Lord just directed him, kept bringing him back and to preach about kingdom authority. And I think it's important that we understand that when the Spirit is speaking to the church, we need to listen. We need to listen what the Spirit is trying to say. So I'm just going to take us back to this subject again today, kingdom authority. Amen. Somebody said Amen. Amen. Let's just lift our hands one more time. As those that are making your way back to your seats can do so. Let's just lift your hands and ask God to speak to our hearts. Ask for a spirit of revelation to flow into our hearts, to our minds, and to our spirits. God, I pray for a spirit of revelation to flow into my life today. God, I want to get a hold of this truth like never before. Mm. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Let the church said amen. I remember my dad saying years ago, uh, he pastored uh, when he was, I believe he was 21, so he was still new to pastoring, all this kind of thing. And I remember him telling me, he said, yeah, Anthony, he said, I would, I would study and learn it in the week, and then I'd preach it on Sunday. He said, I'd study and figure it out and find out and learn about it on the week and then preach it to him on Sunday. He said, it came across like I knew it, but I just learned it two days prior. <clears throat> and that's kind of the way I feel about some of this kingdom authority stuff. I am by no means an expert on it. I'm learning, and I thank God for that. I'm learning some of this stuff, and I want, I want God, uh, the, I want revelation to flow into my heart, into my life, to my spirit. And I want to be able to, to grow in what God would want to speak to us. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I believe that in many ways the present day church is very similar to the book of Acts church. And I think that's the way it should be. Amen. We are not trying to be something different. Amen. We, we desire, we want to be book of Acts. That is our pattern. That is what we are to follow after. And when you read the book of Acts and the New Testament and you see our church today, you'll find, I believe, there are similarities in the fact that we uh, today are pursuing after God in prayer. And I believe that that was something also that the New Testament church did, that we are doing and pursuing after the Lord in prayer. We set a time, a set aside time for fasting, which is, is a, a New Testament belief. We are a giving church. They gave in the New Testament and we give in our church, and, and uh, I believe that is another similar pattern from them to us. We are striving to live lives of holiness and separation from the world, which was something that they strive to do in the book of Acts as well, and we are continuing to follow after that same thing. We are preaching and believing and proclaiming the, the same doctrines that they preached the oneness of God, and Jesus' name, baptism. I thank God that we are still believe those things. I, I, I thank God we're not preaching some other doctrine. Oh, somebody said amen. But I, I thank God that we're still preaching the truth because there is one Lord and there is one faith and there is one baptism. Oh, hallelujah. And if anybody comes preaching anything else other than what has been delivered, let them be accursed. And I'm just glad to know that we still believe there is only one Lord. And we still believe, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We still believe you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins. Somebody shout amen. And so we see these similarities between the New Testament church, the book of Acts church, and the church of today. And yet... Uh, if I were to be honest, uh, or transparent is the word, if I were to be transparent, I, when I would compare my life with the lives of those in the book of Acts, and uh, I think if we were transparent about this church uh, collectively here, this local body of believers, as we would compare our, this church to those in the early church, I, I think that we might would find uh, a few areas, not many, but 
uh, particularly one where we are maybe not as similar to them as what God would want us to be. And the most striking of areas where I see differences in this church and the Book of Acts church is in the revival of growth that they saw. Now, I just want to say it looks, it looks good in here today. I'm glad you all showed up for the house of the Lord today. But I, I think when you, when you read and you, you look at the book of Acts and there's 120 and then 3,000 and then 5,000 and then daily we're saved such as should be saved. Every day somebody's being saved. And you read of all of these things and this, this, this growth. In fact, one uh, biblical historian uh, uh, said that uh, the church in Jerusalem, which was the New Testament church, the original New Testament church, the church in Jerusalem was over 20,000 people strong. Now, obviously, they didn't have a central location like we do and come together, but it was in houses and all this kind of stuff. But it was over 20,000 people strong, which I think is an awesome thing and a wonderful thing. And I think it, it, it would contradict anybody that thinks, you know what, I don't want to have a big church. I want to know everybody. <laughs> well, that's not Book of Acts. They had over 20,000 people. And so, so you see this, the, the, the growth and the size of the church, and then, and then we compare, and I thank God for this church. I, I'm, I'm not saying anything other, uh, I'm not downing us in any, in any way, but I, I just, I think we need to be honest about some things. That if, if we're a part of the same church and believe the same things, and if we are a New Testament church just like they were, then I think we need to be witnessing and seeing the same things they saw, all of the same things. Not just we're, we're like them in the doctrine and like them in the giving, but we're not like them in the growth. I think, I think it's the will of God for us to be like them in all things if we're the same church. And so I believe that one of the main reasons and the, the differences that's causing the disparity of growth between the present day church and the church that our brothers and sisters were a part of in the book of Acts is a six-letter word called action. Action. Let me say again what I said a few weeks ago. The book we look to in order to find where all of those miraculous exploits are recorded is called the book of what? The book of Acts or the Acts of the Apostles. It, it was the actions of the believers that were recorded. It was their actions that inspire us to go higher and to dig deeper. It was their actions that convict us and compel us. At the same time, they saw what they saw because they decided to act on the faith that was on the inside of them. Mm. They accomplished what they accomplished because they became willing to release that which had been given to them into the context of their everyday life. Somebody said amen. They understood that we have been given something powerful. Ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. And power is going to come with the Holy Ghost. And they understood that they've got power. But they also understood we're not just going to allow this power to reside in the four walls of our house or the four walls of a prayer meeting. But we're going to allow this power to flow through us into the streets and into our family members and into our friends and into our coworkers. And we're going to... We're going to release it into the lives. Of, we've got something great here. We've got something that can turn their life around. We've got something that can change them and redeem them and restore them and heal them. And we've got it in us. And we can't just keep it in the four walls, but we got to get it out. And we got to act on what we believe. They had the same Holy Ghost that you and I have. They didn't have more Holy Ghost. They didn't have one ounce more Holy Ghost than what you and I have. They had the same faith that you and I have. They had the same experience with God that you and I have had. And they witnessed the mighty things in the Spirit simply because they were willing to act upon what they believed and act upon the faith that had been given to them. Somebody shout action. And I feel the Holy Ghost talking to us and I feel the Holy Ghost pleading with us and exhorting us to the fact that in order to see what God desires for us to see as it applies to growth, as it applies to revival, as it applies to our day of visitation, hear me, it's time we stop praying for things we already possess. 
and start operating in what has already been given to us. How many times do we just keep going around praying for something we already have instead of acting on what God has given us? You see, but, but to pray about it, it puts, uh, the, if it's going to happen or not, it puts it upon God. If you want it, it's going to happen. If not, it's not going to happen. But God's trying to show us, and he's trying to give us revelation. No, 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 no. The thing you're praying for, I've already given it to you. Now it's not time for him to act. It's time for us to act. Oh, we're praying for God to act. And God's saying, I'm waiting on you to act on what I've already given you. It's time, it's quiet right now. It's time for us to stop praying for God to release revival. He wants revival more than we want revival. You think God is stingy with revival? Well, I don't know. I just dribble a little bit. I don't want too much room. I don't want too many people to be saved. The people that I died for. It's time for us to stop praying for God to release a revival when he has already released into us everything necessary to turn our worlds upside down for the cause of Christ. Hallelujah. But sometimes it's easier to pray about something than it is to do something. Miracles that have never been witnessed and supernatural things that have never been seen have already been prepared for us as a church to walk in and operate in. But it is incumbent upon us to put action to the faith. Let me say it like this. It's like somebody, you know, we're praying, God, I need food, I need food, I need food, I need food. I'm not talking about just a, a, a meal, but... I need a source of food, a source of food. I need food, I need food. And God said, you know what? I created this whole system for there to be soil where things can grow. And I gave you seed. And I created this whole thing where the rains would come. You don't have anything to do with that. I did all of that for you. And I'm going to cause the rain to fall. And that seed is going to burst open. It's going to begin to grow. You didn't have anything to do with any of that. And it's going to grow up. And in that is going to be not only sustenance for your health, but it's also going to be a renewal of seed for your next harvest. But here's what we pray. God, we need food. We need food. We need food. And God said, I created this whole system for you to have more food than what you can handle. But somebody has to dig a hole. Somebody's got to get a kernel of corn and go over there and drop it in the hole. See what I'm talking about? Ah, but now I don't, we don't want to work. We don't want to act. We just want to keep praying that you'll give us food. <laughs> Somebody say action. Action. God has already released it. It's called the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God, give us revival. He's already given it to us. It's called the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And it is within us. Somebody say, it's in me. If you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, revival is in you. You're praying for something you already possess. Now listen, you say, are you saying we don't need to pray? Absolutely, we, we need to pray. Scared you there for a minute, didn't I? Yes, we need to pray. We just need to pray right prayers. They did, you don't find the New Testament church praying for revival. But here's what they prayed, Acts 4.29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and the signs and wonders. Now, when it says they're praying, said thine hand, they're not talking about his literal hand. They understood they were the body of Christ. So whose hand was it? Their hand. To heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. That's what we sung about. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken when they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. That's what they prayed. They weren't saying, God, send us revival. God, pour out revival. God, send us revival. They were saying, God, give us boldness to act, to proclaim, and to heal. They prayed for boldness in their words and they prayed for boldness in their actions. 
They prayed that God would use them in signs, wonders, and miracles. I just wonder what would happen if more than a few people in this room would alter your prayer from God send revival to God let me be the catalyst for revival. According to the power that worketh within me. Sister Lucretia, I don't want to embarrass you, but I read your uh, testimony, just the 30-second version. Stand up about praying for that lady. At work, um, there was a lady in line. There was lots of people in line. It was late registration, and there, I don't, rough, a hundred. Everywhere. And so um, I just heard her. I, I don't even know how I heard her say that her leg or ankle hurt, and immediately before I could even think about it, I just got on, I said, can I pray for you? I said, God is a healer, and I just got on my knees and prayed for her and spoke healing, and, and I, I don't know, just before I could think about it, and it, I just, uh, I know a miracle is happening in her life, and just one more thing, Pastor Anthony, I have been witnessing to this guy named Brian at work, I mean forever, I ask him almost every week to come to church, and he just tells me no and smiles, I ask him to come to the community group. He says no and smiles. He came in my room yesterday and he said, or day before yesterday, and he said, I'm going to turn around and I need you to do what you do. Put your hands on me and ask God to heal me. And, and he just, I, I almost couldn't believe it. And he turned around and I laid my hands on him with authority and told him he was healed in the name of Jesus. So I just believe it. It's, it's happening. Come on. She said, before I had time to think about it, it's time we bypass our intellect and begin to operate in the spirit and not in our flesh. Because the minute we begin to operate and act upon the Holy Ghost that's within us is the moment we're going to begin to see everything God has promised. Come on, somebody put your hands together. Give him praise. Oh, keep praying. But pray for boldness to pray. Pray for, for, for sick people and people that are not well. Pray for boldness to put into action what is inside of us. Somebody said amen. Now watch this. Now we're going to get into some Bible study. I'm going to need your minds here. This is so important. Watch this. In Scripture, we find a man who brought his demon-possessed son to, to the disciples of Jesus in hopes that his son would be healed. But the Bible says that the disciples could not heal the boy, could not bring about a deliverance into the life of this man's son. So then Jesus comes along, and this is what he says, Matthew 9 and 19. He answereth him and saith, and saith not to the man, saith to his disciples. He turns and looks at his, his boys. Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Notice, now watch. Jesus had full expectation of his followers that they should have been able to bring about a healing in that boy's life. And Jesus, Sister Vera, was upset at them when they didn't do it. Why? Because he said, in essence, you have the power. You have the authority to do it. And his frustration no doubt stemmed from the fact that, hear me, he was being asked to do what he knew they had the power to do. And he's frustrated that they're asking him to do something that they can do. So Jesus takes the boy, casts the spirits out of the boy. The boy's completely healed. Then watch what the book says, Mark 9 and 28. And when he was coming to the house... His disciples ask him privately. They get him over and, hey, Jesus, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So pastor's not saying we shouldn't pray or fast. We just need to pray and fast for right purpose. Now notice, Jesus' revelation for their need of prayer and fasting. Jesus told them, you need to pray and fast. 
the revelation for their need of prayer and fasting was in direct correlation to an instance when they should have acted but didn't. Does that make sense? They had an opportunity to release the power and the authority upon a life of a boy that was possessed, but they didn't act like they should have acted. So Jesus tells them, if your actions next time are going to be different than your actions this time, you better start praying and fasting. But the point is this. He was not telling them to pray and fast so that he would act. Do you see this? He wasn't saying, you guys need to pray and fast that I'll act. He said, you need to pray and fast so that you will act correctly next time. Revival will come because of prayer and fasting. But only when that prayer and fasting is in response to that which you and I need to start acting on what we believe. It's quiet in here, I think. You're thinking, right? It's about action. It's about action. And now there's somebody in the room right now who you don't act because you acted six months ago or you acted six years ago and the miracle didn't come. Welcome to the crowd. Well, I'm just not going to do it. I tried. I prayed one time. I had all kinds of faith and it didn't work. Let me tell you something. If you have all kinds of faith and one time can pull your faith, this all kinds of faith that you claim to have, can move it from 100% to 0%, you probably didn't have 100% to begin with. Right? But here's the disciples, and the, the disciples of Jesus Christ, walking and talking with Jesus for three years, and they, 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 they began to try to maybe act, and, but it didn't work out the right way, and Jesus said, okay, listen, no, 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 you, I, I wanted you to act, but listen, start praying and fasting, that you will, be, you will be able to operate and you will begin to have the faith and the understanding and the revelation that you have the authority to act in this situation. But so many times we don't pray and fast for us to act. We pray and fast for what? For God to act. <laughs> and he said, why are you asking me to do something that you have the power to do? Now watch this. This, one, this is really going to mess with you here. Isaiah 45 and 11, watch this. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, I need your minds, and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons, future things, things to come, and concerning the, this is the Lord talking, concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. This is the Lord speaking. And he says, concerning the work of my hands, you command me. Now we think, no, 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 no. We're not God. We, how, how, how dare us? We would never command God to do nothing or to do something. Watch what it says. Concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Now watch this. Need your minds. The Lord is telling us that we have the authority. Everybody say authority. We have the authority to command the work to be fulfilled that his hands have already accomplished and completed. So what does that mean? Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Why? Because you got something, and now you need to release what you got. Now watch now. Get this. We all used to live in a different kingdom. The kingdom of sin. The kingdom of death and the kingdom of judgment. But when we repented and when we were uh, baptized in Jesus' name and when we were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we entered into a new kingdom with a new king. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. But watch. The only thing that made that 
new kingdom possible was the work that Christ accomplished on earth. Right? The work of his hands. Everything that he did that made that new kingdom possible. So his work and what he accomplished on Calvary made it possible for there to be a new kingdom and a new king that I could dwell in and that I could serve. That's why the book says that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We are a part of another kingdom, but only because of what Christ has accomplished with the work of his hands. Now, because of his work, because of the work that he accomplished in the kingdom that he created, there are now certain liberties and authorities that those dwelling in this new kingdom possess. Which now takes us back to Isaiah. For when we dwell in his kingdom, the kingdom that he made, created, with the work of his hands through Calvary, we have the authority to command the fulfillment of what Christ has already accomplished. We're not telling him to do something. He already done it. We're not telling him to act. He already acted. But we are simply now commanding a fulfillment of what he already did. Command ye the work of my hands. You have the ability because of the Holy Ghost within you to not ask but to command. But only that which Christ already accomplished. He's not saying, I want you to beg me for something. He said, you have the ability to command something. So now it's time for us to start commanding into reality the work that he has already accomplished. You say, I don't know, Pastor, that's, that just kind of sounds weird, kind of like we're gods. We're, no, I'm not a god, but I have God within me. And does the book not say, greater is he that is within me? Does it say it or not? Than he that is within the world? Command ye. For instance, the book says this in Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. So the work of his hands, not anything I did, Brother Ron. Not anything I accomplished. The work of his hands brought about healing for mankind. The stripes that he took on, the pain, the suffering, the bloodshed on Calvary. He did it all. He purchased it all. The work of his hands. And because he purchased that right of healing, he then could tell his followers, Matthew 10 and 7, And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Notice, just just notice, I'm I'm not writing anything into the word. He did not say pray for the sick. Heal the sick. Well, I can't heal anybody. No, you can't. But there's somebody in you that can. Cleanse the leper. He didn't say pray for the leper. He said cleanse the leper. This is Jesus. It's in red. Raise the dead. Don't pray for the dead. Raise the dead. Don't don't pray for people that are bound by demonic stuff, but if they want to be delivered, cast out the devil. Why? Because you have received something. It's not anything in you. 
It's not anything that you possess, but you have received something. Now I want you to freely give it. Freely you received it. Free. The gift of the Holy Ghost was a gift. It was freely given to us. We didn't earn it. It was freely given to us. That's why it's called a gift. But he said, now since I gave you something freely, it's time for you to freely give it. Mm. And because his hands have already accomplished it, we have the ability to freely give and freely act on what Christ has already done. Watch this. Luke 9 and 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils. All devils. And to cure diseases. He gave them the power and the authority to cure diseases. He gave them the power and the authority to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God, and he sent them to heal. He sent them to heal the sick. With the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we possess the same thing that the Lord gave those disciples that day. The very same thing. For he gave them power and the You can have power but not have the authority to use it. But he gave them the power and also the authority to use the power over devils and to cure diseases. And then he sent them out and he said, you go now and heal the sick. Aren't you going to come? You're Jesus. you got to come and heal the sick. No, 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 no. You have the power and you have the authority. You go heal the sick. Mm. I'm messing with somebody. Me. <laughs> messing with me. Again, he didn't send them out to pray for the sick. He didn't go out and say, pray for the sick. He sent them out and said, go heal the sick. He didn't say, go out and beg, beg me to heal them. Beg God to heal them. God, pretty, 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 please. If it be your will, Lord. If you don't have anything better to do today, could you please heal them? He says, Jesus sent them out to heal the sick. Why? Because he gave them the power and the authority to use that power. Whose power is it? Not mine. His. But he gave me the authority to use his power. The one who has all power in heaven and in earth. Come on, just think with me. He has all power in heaven and in earth. And then he lives now in me. And when he came to live inside of me, he did not lose any of that power. So living inside of me is one who has all power in heaven and in earth. And then he gave me authority to use that power. We are asking God, and many times we are begging God to do things that he gave us the authority to do. For instance, and I, I, I'm going to use scripture here because I want you to understand this. If the enemy of our soul is messing with us, we go to God in prayer. God, help me, God. The enemy's after me, God. The devil's after me. He's after my this and after my that and this, that, and the other. God, deliver me from this. God, set me free from the attack of the enemy and all this kind of stuff. But look at what the book says. James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. You resist the devil, and he'll flee. God, cause the devil to flee. God, cause the devil to flee. God, cause the devil to flee. And God's saying, I gave you that authority. Why are you asking me to do something that you have the authority to do? And this all goes back to action because he's not going to do something that he gave us the authority to do. So when we keep praying and asking God to leave, cause the devil to leave us alone, God's not going to do it. When he gave us the authority to do it. Why? Listen, watch, watch. 
God has already defeated. God, I need you to defeat Satan in my life. And God's saying, I already did that. A long time ago, there was a cross and some nails and stuff. I already did that. I don't have to go back and do it again. He was defeated once and for all. God, can you make the devil not have any power in my life? And the the Lord's like, listen, I've already stripped him of all of his power. He has no power. And then he gave us the authority over Satan when we were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now Satan is under our feet. But when it comes to overcoming Satan, the Lord tells us, you resist the devil. I've already defeated him. I've already made him absolutely powerless. But you have to understand the authority that is within you. Mm. The Lord didn't tell us to beg God to come bail us out of the enemy's attack. He told us to use the power and the authority that we possess to resist the devil, and the devil will flee from So we either believe that and do it, or we don't believe it. And we allow the enemy access into our life to steal, kill, and destroy, as my wife talked about. The Lord is not going to come and rebuke the devil for you, either in your own life or in the life of someone else, because he has given us the authority to use the power that he instilled in us to rebuke the work of Satan. And we're praying for God to do something that he told us to do. But because we're not doing it, we're not seeing the effects of it. Now watch this. So watch. So we got we have here's here's the understanding that we have to get. Colossians 2 and 10. Let me read you a few verses. And ye are complete. Now that word complete there is filled. You are filled in him who is the head of all principality and power. Inside of us is the head, the ruler, the king, the head honcho, the big cheese. Over all principalities and powers. Not some, not most, all. And we are filled with him. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. According as his divine power, somebody say power, hath given unto us all things. His power, but he gave it to us. And that power pertains to all things that pertain unto life. Everything that we deal with in life, the power that God gave us pertains to those things. Is applicable to those things. Well, you just don't know what I'm going through. Doesn't matter. Are you living? Are you breathing? Are you have life? Okay, whatever you're dealing with, he gave you power for something that pertains to it. And his power is greater than what you're facing. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Uh, Now we quote all the time, but I don't know if we really get it and really understand it. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask, according to what? The power that what? Where? You got to put the power to work. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy. In the Greek, it means over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. The book says it. My wife preached, taught, Spoke. She don't like me saying preach when she's up here, but she knocked it out of the park today. She was talking about the truth. The truth. This is truth right here. We're either going to believe it and operate in it and walk in it, or we're not. But the Bible says that He has given us power over all the enemy. 
So we see that from this, we see that we have been given power over demons and power over sickness and any other thing that might possibly come against us. But with that understanding of possessing that power must also come the additional revelation that we have the authority to use that power. And that's action. That's action. I know I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I know i got God within me. And his power is greater than his sickness. And his power is greater than the lady with the, the, the knee deal and the power with the other guy and whatever his problem is. I know I've got it intellectually. I know I've got that power and I shout about it at church. But I don't actually do anything with it because I don't understand that I also have authority to do something with it. And if we don't use it, and if we don't act on the power that has been given to us, then all of those promises are not going to come to pass. Whether it's healing or deliverance or revival or day of visitation, all that stuff. It's not going to happen however much we pray, pray about it, no matter how much we jump around about it, no matter how much we high-five one another about it. It's not going to happen unless we start acting on what is within us and having revelation of the fact that we have the authority to use the power. I just wonder if there's anybody in the house who's getting revelation of the fact that God has called you to do some stuff. <sighs> but maybe we have been asking God to do things that he's already told us we should be doing. Now listen, I, could, I can sense it in some. There might be, still be a little confusion. I can sense in some faces that you might even possibly even disagree with what I'm talking about. So let, let, let me... Let me let me help you with this. Let me bring it this way to help you maybe understand a little bit clearer that I am in the Bible. Most of us in this room have power in your house, right? You have power in your house. Let me ask you a question. Did you create the power? Did you do anything at all to cause that power to be made? Right? I didn't, I didn't do one thing to cause that power. No, we simply came into a contract with the power company for them to send us power. But let me ask you this. When it's dark in your house and you, you, you're, you're, you're about home and you know, you know what, the house is all dark and, and uh, when I walk in, and I know the house is going to be dark. And so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to call the power company and I'm going to have them come to my house and flip the switch. Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever call the power company and say, you know, I've got a party tomorrow night. I've got a bunch of friends over. And I want you to come over and I want you to flip the, the switches in my living room and my dining room and I want you to turn on my stove and I want you to make sure that my microwave's on. We're going to play a little soft music in the back so if you can turn my radio on. Why? Because you're the power company, and you're the one that's supposed to flip the switch. Uh -huh. No, you don't do those things because you understand that the electric company created the power. And because you came in into a contract or an agreement with the creator of the power, you now understand that you have the authority to flip the switch yourself. And lights are going to come on. You know, I'm not calling the power company to do this. They gave me the power. But now it's my responsibility to act on the power that has been given to me. For the purpose for which it has been sent. And that's why Jesus himself would say this in Luke chapter 10 and verse 8. And unto whatsoever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things are set before you and heal the sick that are therein. And say unto them, the kingdom of God is nigh unto you. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. And he called his 12 disciples together, gave them power and authority over all the devils to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Notice again, Jesus did not tell them to pray that sick people would be well. He told them to operate in the power and in the authority that had been given to them and heal the sick people. Well, pastor, I can't heal anybody. No, you can't heal anybody. Just like putting a light bulb in your mouth isn't going to cause the light bulb to come on.
You want light in your house? Give me a light bulb. Put it in my mouth. No, I can't cause electricity. I can't cause a light bulb to come on. But I've got power from a different source. In and of myself, I can't do it. But he gave me the authority to flip a switch. He gave me the authority to heal the sick. He gave me the authority to cause dead people to come back. He gave me authority over cancer and over diabetes. He gave me cancer. Or, 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 he gave me the authority over those people with crippled limbs to rise up and walk. He gave me the authority to use the power that he gave. Come on, somebody put your hands together and give him praise. Do you see the difference? And I, I know I'm preaching a little bit long today. But do you, do you understand the difference between that? Commanding him. Understanding the authority. Do you see the difference between that and saying, God, pretty please, 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 do this. God, do this. And he said, I already did it. I'm just waiting for a church. I'm waiting for a people to understand the authority that they have. That's why Peter and John, on their way to the temple to pray, they were met by the lame man. And here's what the book says, Acts 3 and 6. I'm hurrying. I'm, I'm almost done. Then Peter said, silvering. Now what? This is Peter. This is our brother in the Lord. He's not going to church. He's late. <laughs> it was already the ninth hour, and he's not there yet. <laughs> so he's going. And this lame man's like, hey, can I get some, some money, whatever? Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received their strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with him into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Notice, Peter said, such as I have, I understand what I have. I understand that it's not me, but I, I do understand what I possess. And because of what I have, I also understand what I can do with it. Now listen, just, just look, just look. Did you notice Jesus or Peter didn't pray over the man? Because I'm not saying we shouldn't pray, but I'm just saying, look, Peter didn't pray over the man. Now you say, well, you're saying Peter didn't pray? No, obviously Peter prayed. Yes, Peter prayed. But I believe all of his prayer took him to a place of understanding of authority. So that when he came to the situation, he understood and knew, I don't have to pray for the man. I have an understanding of the authority that I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. the will of God to release revelation in this room. Not only of power, because I think we understand that, but of the authority and of it being God's will to act in a far greater dimension in the power that we possess. And it's the will of God for us to get to a place. And it's going to take time, but I, 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 want, I want us to travel this journey together. Where we stop asking God to do things that he gave us the authority to do. I believe, why don't you stand? Uh, Thank you for letting me take my time today as we worked our way through that. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to point out verses and scriptures to you for us to understand what God is trying to talk to us about. And what I believe is going to happen in this room today, I don't know fully everything, but what I believe it is the will of God for there to be an impartation of revelation. For us, Sister Lucretia, for us to get to the place where we don't think about it, where we just do it. Where apostolic culture trumps current culture. Current culture would say, there's 100 people in the room. I'm going to be embarrassed. What are they going to say? What are they going to think? But apostolic culture was greater than current culture. And I believe it's the will of God for all of us to get, I'm preaching to myself more than anybody. 
I want to get to the place where apostolic culture, where I understand and I walk in, 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 in a realm, in an apostolic dimension of authority and power wherever I go. Wherever I go. And where I don't live less than and beneath the potential that God has given me. But wherever I go, I understand that through Christ, I am the most powerful thing in the room. What sickness is in the room? I am the most powerful thing. Oh, Pastor, you're getting prideful. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. I know what happens in my flesh. No good is in this boy's flesh. But I'm not talking about my flesh because I'm more than just flesh. In flesh, I can't do anything in flesh. I make all kinds of mistakes, but I'm more than just flesh. I'm spirit, the spirit of the living God who has all power in heaven and earth resides in me. And so wherever I go, I'm the most powerful thing in that room. Greater than sickness, greater than disease, greater than any devil. And it is the will of God for me to begin to operate with that understanding. I pray now, God, your spirit would fall. I pray now a spirit of impartation and a spirit of revelation would fall in this room. Ilobosata. 